What is life? It is a journey to create an impact. This is Impact Act. My name is Faraz and I'm an 18-year-old entrepreneur and co-founder at Viral Space. I'm sitting down with successful people to talk about their process, the lessons they have learned and how you can use them to make an impact. So hey podcast, what is going on? Uh, welcome to my first episode of Impact Act. So today we have uh, an amazing, amazing impactor who is uh, creating an impact all around the world. When I was uh, thinking how to uh, score well in my 10th and 9th grade in my high school. Yeah. So today we have uh, Yatharth. He is a Limka Book of Records holder. He is an anthemologist. And yeah, you can just uh, go ahead and just tell people, I mean, give a little bit of framework and who you are. Uh, my name is Yatharth Murthy and I'm 13 years old and I'm from Bangalore, India. I'm a two-time Limka record holder for singing the most number of national anthems. And I'm also oh, two-time cool. TEDx speaker and the youngest one from South India. What's your, like, I mean, you are two-time Limka, Limka Book of Records holder for singing how many national anthems? I can sing 260 country national anthems. Wow. And that's, I mean, every national anthem on the planet. Wow, that's cool, dude. That's really amazing. Are you looking for uh, hitting up on World of uh, Guinness Book of World Records? Uh, yes, I am aiming at Guinness World Records because that was my target from the beginning. Okay. But the thing is, if I'm going to, you know, get a Guinness World, um, if I want to become a Guinness Record holder, I have to travel to 100 countries within one year and sing the national anthem on their soil. Because the previ previous record for seeing the most number of national anthems was okay. done in 76 countries uh, mm. by a Canadian girl. So I, my record is, my aim is to beat that because my intention was purely, when I first started national anthems, my intention was to purely learn it as a hobby. Then okay. soon later on it turned out to be a passion and well, it's been a good one. Cool, dude. And uh, so, I mean, I mean, how was your journey like? Uh, for example, how did you start off learning all these national anthems? You know, like because national anthems are one thing that people don't understand first. Like they just, uh, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, dude, like a lot of Indians they don't know what our national anthem means. Do you uh, learn it with the meaning or what? Like, do you just uh, get the rhythm? Mainly, I don't learn like the entire meaning of the national anthem okay uh, like the initial few national anthems that i learned like india japan sri lanka nepal all those national anthems i know the overall meaning hmm. of the anthem but uh, word to word of the national anthem i mean i can't really learn um, all of those okay so usually each national anthem has their own story their own history and it's amazing sometimes because when you realize how important the national anthem is and the meaning of the national anthem although you can't understand it if you actually listen to it in english it's a really amazing feeling so what in, like so uh, what inspired you to like learn uh, become an anthemologist well uh, my initially my in on june 4th 2014 mm -hmm. my music teacher taught me the national anthem of four countries and as soon as i learned those four countries i so which is the four countries yeah, it was India, Japan, Nepal, and Sri Lanka. Okay. So after I learned those four countries, uh, this was on the keyboard. So once I mm. learned it, 
So it's so it's only tone. It's not uh, the words. Okay. No, I got the lyrics also from the internet and everything. Hmm. And like after a few weeks or something like that, I started. I hit twenty-two national anthems, and that was when my parents introduced me to uh, Mr. Lahari Velo. He's the founder of Lahari Audio, and he okay. is like um, never seen anything in my thirty-five years of career. So after this day, this was like the the one moment which catapulted me to you know go on a streak of learning national anthems. So. Basically, and any anything that happened after June twelfth, twenty fourteen, was was the one thing that pushed me to be where I am today. Okay, so from that, from June twelfth, two thousand fourteen, you went on learning two hundred sixty national anthems. Yes, I mean it wasn't really easy, cause yeah, of course. Uh, like, firstly, I was in like say what fifth or sixth that time, and we had homework. And thankfully for in our school we didn't have our any exams in fifth. It was only from sixth. So okay. I tried to you know capitalize whatever time I had in fifth in uh, learning as many national anthems as possible. Cause I knew once I was in sixth and whenever any grade after that I wouldn't have any more time. So after like three and a half years, which is where we are today, mm. I've learned two sixty national anthems. Oh, so what were the difficulties that you faced? You're telling it's not an easy journey, right? Of course, like learning, doing something really great is not an easy journey. So what are the <coughs> difficulties that you faced? Uh, uh, learning difficulties were like you know, firstly, uh, telling the teachers why I couldn't do my homework. Okay. Then, you know, <laughs> you know uh, then trying to catch up with the work I missed because that was the time when I was starting to get invited to events. So mm. I sang my first national anthem at the Uh, welcome function of Miss Dana Kush, Council General of Israel to South India. Okay. So, I remember after that, like that day, I missed school, and I missed a very crucial topic that um you know we had to learn, and I mean it was hard catching up, and the other thing about learning national anthems is that you won't be able to you know get the language immediately. Hmm. You'll have to um you know. practice it again and again and again until you get it perfect so like the chinese national anthem for me was the hardest cuz that was like the like 15th national anthem i learned or something like 15th one five yeah okay and i mean it wasn't easy cuz they had like if you had to sing it in their accent it was really tough hmm. so it took me around 2 weeks to 3 weeks to just get the one chinese national anthem right So how uh, okay wait, so how fast do you learn national anthems? Like average, what's the time that you? Initially, I I took at least four weeks for one national anthem, mm-hmm. if it was like hard, but then later on in twenty fifteen I just started to take like uh, what one week, and like in twenty fifteen I began to take it from one week to six days, six days to two days, two Whoa. days to one hour, one hour to half an hour. What half an hour? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. So um, I finished learning all the national anthems in twenty seventeen, and that took me a total of three and a half years. Wow, oh, that's cool, dude. So all these national anthems that you learned, two sixty countries, yeah. which was the most interesting one? Like uh, India. India was the most yeah. interesting one, and why? Because I um, mean, when I first heard it, I heard the Indian national anthem when I was quite young. Yeah. And 
I loved the way it sounded. I mean, I never knew it was the national anthem until I was like five or something. This was when I was three. Okay. So once I once I got to know it was the national anthem, I was so proud to be Indian. <laughs> I mean, I was so happy to you know hear the national anthem, and the way it sounded was just incredible. Is it true? I don't know, but I'm I'm just asking you. Is it that the Indian national anthem has the like the best sound over all national anthems? Well, um, according to the UN reports, India is like in the top ten. I'm not sure which. Okay. But it's definitely in the top ten. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, so top one is which country? The best. I am not sure. About not sure about India. that. Okay. <clears throat> so all of this. So right now, uh, and also I was going through a thing, and I found that you are. Uh, building up the lake right a lake uh, i mean like renovating a lake so what's up with that um uh, four of my classmates and me have taken up a 4.5 acre lake revival project near banargata okay and this is part of the united nations association called world federation of united nations association is better known as wafuna mission possible program so for this program each of us uh, were like we raised Uh, eight point two seven lakh rupees, and we divided two lakhs, two lakhs, two lakhs, two lakhs amongst the four of us. And so, where do you get the funding from? We got it through a crowdfunding platform called Fuel Dream. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, like Fuel Dream was associated with Rotary Club in Ranaga. Hmm. And Rotary Club in Ranaga was like the wallet for our entire um for our entire okay hold hold innovation uh, okay. yeah because. They were the Rotary was the ones who were storing the money hmm. until we needed to take it out. So um, every day we used to like you know get bills about fuel, about earth movers. We get, used to get everything updates. Hmm. Then like we were able to finally revive the lake in three days, three weeks, one day, and this was twenty two days, and this is the first time in India this has happened. So like no one has. Uh... No. Renewed a lake yes. at all. First time, thirteen-year-olds, teenagers, hmm. are, have revived a lake. So you, so you know, one of them. Yeah, we are a group of five, and we all have revived a lake in twenty-two days. Well, in in just twenty-two days. Yeah, and we've done this with the help of Anand Malikwal. He is known as the Lake Man of Bangalore, hmm. and okay. he he's revived he's revived three lakes till now, and he's aiming to revive fifty lakes. By twenty twenty five, because they said that there's not gonna be any water in the next few years, or they said twenty twenty. But uh, I'm still unclear about that fact. But yeah, because after he heard that um, there's gonna be a water crisis soon, he wanted to save the future generations. So he's starting to revive lakes, hmm. and he his first lake was revived by in Kyalasnahili Lake, and that's the biggest one. So the three lakes that he re- uh, revived was in Bangalore. Yeah, all of them were in Bangalore, and we did this lake. Um, the name of this lake is Mani Lake, and we did this with his guidance. With his guidance. Yeah. Okay, dude. Uh, and the thing is, what is, like, how do you revive a lake? Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, like people, I listen a lot of people telling me that uh, the lake has been revived but i'm like wait what is the term revived and like what do they do actually to revive it well to i mean uh, we were the ones who like since we collected 8.27 lakh rupees from families i mean from our family and friends uh, we we sent this money to the earth movers and 
uh, Anne and Uncle, like, so, so we ordered around three or two of us, and uh, Anne and Uncle and us, our team, just uh, like divided which part of the area we'll have to dig up, and whenever we used to dig up, there used to be groundwater coming up, and this was filling really fast. So oh, okay. it, this never really happens whenever you're, you're surviving a lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never happened yeah. before. So this was the first time. And we are really lucky because this, otherwise the, there would be no water in the lake right now. So with the other soil which we, uh, you know, had the extra soil from which we dug up, we used that to create islands. Okay, islands, and, okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the lake, once we, like, part of the lake was already, like, really deep and one part of it was really shallow. So in order to, you know, make the lake even or make it habitable for animals and fish, we decided to, you know, keep it at one level, and the extra soil which we dug up, we made, um, we made two islands, and we also had buns, and um, we also had desilting. I mean, eight point two seven lakhs covered everything: islands, desilting, um, earth movers, hmm. fuel. It it covered everything, and we like the islands which we have made. It's gonna have like um, it's gonna have features. So. There's gonna be one island which will have a banyan tree or a people tree, hmm. and it will have like um, cherries and birds can have nests over there. And usually, like the other island, the other islands they also have like uh, something called the Miyawaki forest, and there's also gonna be around um, one thousand two hundred saplings in every island. Oh, so these are really huge islands then. Yeah, I mean, they're about. Um, I don't know, hundred feet or something like that in width, and uh, it's, it's since the lake is four point five acres, we mm. uh, we needed a lot of planning for this. So yeah. I mean, if you if you look into the technicalities, we had to focus on uh, what soil we're gonna be using, and um, what sort of how much we have to dig up, and how will the islands be made? Whether uh, there's gonna be grass on the island and one of like the two parts of our project which we were really concerned about. One, all of us were like uh, pondering whether we would actually be able to raise, um, you know, eight lakhs within a limited amount of time. Cause we, when we heard about our seniors raising funds earlier, they the most was around one lakh or something. Okay. So this was the biggest target we have ever had in the school. So uh, we were finally able to raise the funds successfully. And another thing which was, you know, uh, harming the growth of the project were these plants, hmm. which were really harmful to the growth of the lake. So we had to, um, you know, chop off these plants and put them on another side of the lake so that it doesn't affect the growth. Hmm. And after a few days, we were able to analyze and actually see that even if you removed these plants from, even if you uprooted these plants from wherever they are, it actually starts growing back. Okay, so these are basically weeds, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, once that happened, we had, like, uh, once we revived the lake, we were, uh, we, you know, spoke to Rotary, thanked them for all their support, and we, um, you know, visited the lake uh, once, one last time before we leave to present our, our project in the General Assembly at New York. Hmm. So, um, we, like, in, in brief, we revived the lake on, in 22 days, under 8.27 lakhs. This is the first time it's done in India uh, by teenagers. 
and we have done this with the help of Anand Malikwar and uh, many other people. Because I mean, there were a few major people who played a role, and few people promoted us. Like we were able, we were lucky enough to you know meet George Indian, and they promoted our cause. And we were also you know published in a few newspapers, and there was a TV channel who wanted to interview us today. And I mean, many aspects of this project and communication was a uh, key uh, key aspect of this project okay. for it to be successful. And now uh, we're gonna be presenting the lake uh, at the uh, at the general assembly, and it's also we're also gonna be um, telling people about our cause and what we wanna do, cause we wanna revive more lakes in the future. Okay, so now right now. <coughs> And now you want to get into from like entomologist and be a activist in some uh, somewhere around getting more lakes revived. Yeah, I mean this was part of our school project. This was part of Afuna. Um, but you know, only for we're not gonna be doing lakes. I mean reviving lakes only when Wafuna is there. We're gonna revive lakes hmm. wholeheartedly, so that you know there's we get a better future and you know there's not gonna be a water crisis. So this was just our small little step, you know, to getting back to modern nature. And I mean, if you look back, Bangalore had a lot, lot of, of lakes, yeah. And now from like two sixty, it's only come back to eighty lakes. Yeah. So we wanted to, you know, live the dream of what our parents told us that Bangalore is called the city of lakes. Uh, I visited lakes in Bangalore. I mean, now if you look at lakes in Bangalore, there are lakes. I mean, there are 80 lakes in Bangalore, but if you look at them, they're foaming yeah. and they are harmful. What's foaming? I didn't get you. Foaming and harmful. Lake. Yeah. So there are harmful chemicals and it's extremely toxic. So the thing is, uh, these industrialists put out uh, industry waste into the lake. That's the main yeah, problem. I mean, uh, I'm not sure about the source of okay. why Belander Lake is foaming up, but it's actually really harmful to. Uh, humans and animals so um, the lake which we are we, Mane Lake which we have revived mm-hmm. it it's it's a major water source for um, cattle and livestock and it's also a major water source to the villagers because earlier Mane Lake was just a marshland there's nothing in it and there was a lot of garbage like as you enter it there's there was a lot of garbage so after 22 days there you could see like a major change in the lake that there's nothing around, not, there's no garbage around, the water supply has increased and it's looking much more beautiful than it was before. Okay, don't you think the major challenge is to like, uh, what do you call, reviving the lake is like done now and then the main part is in maintaining it, right? Because yeah, so, so, uh, so what are the steps you're taking for it? Uh, like my team and our team's called Wave Riders. Hmm. So, so how many people are in the team? Sorry? How many people are in the team? Uh, five of five of us are in the team. Five of you, okay. All everyone is a teenager. No one is. Uh, yeah, all of us are teenagers. Mm, okay. So um, yeah. Reg- regarding maintaining the lake, all of us we're gonna, you know, uh, try our best to you know, um, analyze the growth of the lake and make sure like um the water supply nothing's gone down because this was our hard work which we put into mm, it yeah. and we're definitely not gonna let it go down easily. So we're gonna monitor the lake. I mean, we haven't planned planned it out yet, but we we gonna we have thought of you know, getting going to the lake at least once or twice a week. 
So one of us will go to the lake and monitor whether there's going to be trespassers, whether there's garbage. And like there is, um, there is a person who actually is monitoring the growth of the lake already at the site, mm, but okay. he's not there all the time. So okay. if at all, you know, he's, uh, he's not there and few people catch him off guard like trespassers because mm. that's a major problem we identified then it will be a problem because um, there's because the we've revived the lake there's gonna be a lot of fishing so we have to concentrate on that aspect also and another problem is the garbage so every week at least once or twice for the next five years or three years we are all planning on going there and making sure that the lake's all right so now your next lake is Belandur Lake or? Oh no no, uh, we haven't yet decided this hmm. since we just finished the lake. Our lake was just revived uh, three days ago. Okay. It's it's finished just like three a week ago or something, and uh, we haven't yet decided because once we present it, we'll have to speak to Han and Uncle again as to which lake we can possibly revive. Hmm. I mean, mm, Belandur Lake. It's since it's highly dangerous. He's also considering our safety. So um, this lake is lo- located in an area in Banargata, and it's surrounded by forests. And there's only one entrance. So uh, you mean you can't find much people over there. Mm, yeah. It's only animals. So uh, there are there is another entrance from the other side, but we have not really been there. And that's where all the livestock come from. And there is a village nearby, and it's also that's uh, that's again another water source for them. For this lake. Yeah. Okay. And the next thing is, uh, I mean, right now you are just thirteen years old, right? Yeah. So what are your like? What are your plans? Like, do you want to get all into uh, being an a climate activist, uh, together being an entomologist and hitting a world record? What are your plans? Like. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be an ambassador uh, to okay. the United Nations. Hmm. So, um, remember, being an ambassador is a tough thing because you need to know your current affairs, but I'm ready to do anything to, you know, get to my dream job. And I've always wanted to be at the UN, I mean, speak at the GA, and that's going to be finally happening in just a couple of days. So, I'm pretty excited about it. But otherwise, as of now, my hobbies are um, cycling. And the other thing, I'm also an aviation enthusiast. So I can identify planes anytime. So you want to be, like, your main dream, uh, your main dream is to actually be an uh, ambassador of UN. UN. Yeah. And I also wanted to speak at the General Assembly. So that's, yeah. Uh, That's happening on 28th Jan. Uh, it's gonna happen. Uh, we're gonna be speaking at the GA at uh, second February. Second February, okay, in New York. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, what's your uh, favorite, uh, like, uh, food? Oh, um, I like uh, biryani, cause um, whenever I'm, you know, tired or something like that. That's what I have for dinner all the day, time. So usually after I come back from the lake, my parents get me doner biryani. And <laughs> okay, every time. Yeah. So for 22 days, doner biryani. No, no, I mean, okay. 
we weren't there exactly at the lake for all the 22 days mm-hmm. out of 22 days you must have been there for around 12 days mm-hmm. and we were there for 6 hours each day so we were practically there for 72 hours and it was an incredible 72 hours and the thing is uh, now you just third what eighth grade and uh, i guess there is like as far as i have gone through my schooling and all i didn't have to st- like i didn't get a chance to study anything like there was and any single information about how to revive a lake how did you get the information for like how did you get the information from um while we were at the lake i mean once we you know visited the lake we had zero clue as to how we we're going to revive this cuz we were just standing there Mm. gazing at the lake and seeing how enormous it is and i mean most of us didn't think it would actually be possible like we were so happy that we actually got this project and we were happy to revive it in as as short as time as possible so when we first went over there an anand uncle he told us the sorry get in touch with anand uncle sorry how do you get in touch with anand uncle Uh, I met him at uh, a TEDx talk in Bangalore, TEDx ISBR. Mm, okay. And he spoke about lakes, and this was around the time Wafuna was introduced to us. This was in month or uh, which month? It was. This was last year. Last end. year. Okay, end December. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, uh, a little earlier, but mm. we and we met him at TEDx ISBR, and I asked him whether you know he can, uh, he can give us a lake project, a lake revival. and he said sure so we we um, we confirmed the idea that we going to do a lake revival cuz um like why wafuna there's something called the sustainable development goals hmm. and these are goals that the uh, members of the united nations aim to achieve by 2030 so in order like these sdgs are like clean water and sanitation life on land life below water so we are supposed to at least achieve one SDG and we could have picked up any small thing like putting up benches in a park or mm. um, helping out in an animal shelter we could have done any, any small thing but we decided to do this do something big yeah do something mm. big and in mean if we were going to do an animal shelter mean only 2 3 SDGs would have been covered but over here we are covering about 5 SDGs Whoa. which are going to be uh, an incredible thing and we're going to pre- be presenting it to be presenting at the event. That's cool. Oh yeah, the thing was how do you learn I mean how how do you get the knowledge source from? So um on uncle when we first went there he briefed us about like uh, what how, how much of hard work you have to put in into a lake revival and he told us um he slowly went into the technicalities like telling us which part of the lake to dig up. Hmm. which area i mean which plants should not be you know harmed which plants should be uprooted uh then how much of soil should be dug up how much the depth of the water everything like um, until the soil from like how much to dig up till the you know what sort of soil we are supposed to use he told us everything and this was around spread this was um, again spread around the course of 20, 12 days and once in the end he f- he he to- he uh, debriefed us saying that from like how we didn't have any idea about how to revive the lake 
to how we know which soil we're supposed to use for a lake. Hmm. So now we're all confident that we can do a lake revival. On your on your own, without uh, the guidance or the mentorship of yes. uh, who is it? Uh, sorry, Anand. 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 Okay. Anand? Manigwar. Manigwar. So he is. Uh, I mean, how old is he? Is he quite I'm old? I'm not sure. Is he quite old? No, he is around forty. Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. So right now you have been like the anthropologist, uh, like uh, your journey to anthropologist, learning two uh, sixty uh, and national anthems. So like, was there a point uh, where you were like, dude, this thing is not happening with me. I should just give up. And someone who came in and then helped you, like, no, you should not give up. Mm, there was one point. I mean, I didn't give up. Mm-hmm. I just took a break from national anthems, like a short break from national anthems, because this was in sixth grade. Okay. Uh, this like um, I had my final exams, and I had to study for that. And this was the first time we were actually having exams, so we had to like we were given a month to study. So for one month, I practiced absolutely no anthem, and um, like that was the and like it was, I did good in my exams at the end. But once I you know had to get back to learning anthems, that was the time I realized that exams like sometimes I mean exams will affect me practicing national anthems. Mm-hmm. So I I used to forget the few national anthems earlier because like um I was. Uh, focusing hard on the exams and because like I mean exams were hard at times so okay. I was completely focusing on uh, work studies and that really affected my national anthems so right after that I realized that I'll have to until the until one month of mm. the exam begins I had to continue practicing anthems until the very hour I mean, it, I wouldn't care if it was till the very second. I just kept on practicing national anthems. Okay. Then the next day, I would wake up at five o'clock every day for a month and study, because there was absolutely no time to do national anthems. Mm. And earlier that time, I used to be really engrossed in Need for Speed. I was like. Okay, that was the game. Yeah, Need PC. for Speed, okay. most wanted. So I used to really watch a lot of videos on Need for Speed. And that time, like the la- the computer was in the hall, so my mom was able to monitor me and tell me, you either study or you practice anthems, because that time anthems were just a hobby. Hmm. So after I, you know, got out of playing video games, I like uh, from twenty seventeen I rarely played. So after I got out of playing video games, I only focus on uh, practicing national anthems and study. And what what are the like? Uh, was there a point of giving up in this thing? What do you call uh, the lake revival, or was it? It was it was smooth. Well, we there was never a point. We all were really determined to do the lake, and it was only all of our deter- it was synergy. So mm. all of our determination put together, it all worked out perfectly well, and we were able to do it in twenty two days. I mean. Mm. If without synergy involved in this project, we wouldn't have been able to do it. So do you think uh, without the mentor, uh, Anand, so without, men- without your mentor, Anand, would you be able to revive this lake? No way. No way. No, no way. Yeah, okay. because, I mean, 
if we hadn't if we didn't know about him and if we hadn't uh, what do you say got in touch with him this we would not have finished the lake until now i mean we, we wouldn't have been able to take up the project without someone to guide us because then you would just rely on an animal shelter or something like that because this would have been too big a task to do and that to without someone to guide us so do you think like everyone should get a someone like someone who can guide them in achieving what they are for example if uh, i guess you play basketball right do you uh, do you play for uh, do you play for Karnataka team? No, I play for a school team. Oh, school team. Okay. So, uh, <coughs> for example, you play basketball, yeah. and now you want you wanted to uh, play basketball professionally. So, someone without uh, a coach will just fall off. Yeah. With someone with a coach. Yeah. So, like everyone should get a mentor, whatever they're doing, whatever they're passionate about, and get it. Or like, do you agree with it, or do you disagree? I mean. Everyone should have a mentor in something or another. Cause one good example is the New York Academy of Sciences. So I'm the since I'm the Academy ambassador for that, I usually like have to tell people about what NYAS is. So in the New York Academy of Sciences, there's something called the STEM U program, and in the STEM U program, uh, each of you like STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm. So if at all you're interested in say uh, robotics if you're interested in robotics then you'll have a mentor who specializes in the field of uh, robotics engineering or okay, technology uh-huh. or something mm. like that uh, i don't know those technicalities but you will have someone not necessarily from the country you're from but it can be from anywhere around the world and you can actually you, the, the mentor will guide you and they will tell you how to you know go about in stem you because in stem you will have projects to do and you'll have um, discussions to attend and all of this is done online and this is a platform where students from around the world are all on one platform and this was called schoology hmm. and up this it's not only stem you which is there there's also programs such as thousand girls thousand futures and the ju- the junior academy so these are all um, challenge programs where you have to pick up a live project and regarding STEM. Also, uh, do, uh, you you visited UN earlier also, right? Uh, after uh, chan- after uh, uh, memorizing two six national anthems. Yeah. yeah. So what was the most interesting part uh, when you visited UN? Like you get to meet a lot of these uh, world leaders. No, I mean I didn't meet any uh, world leaders over there. Mm-hmm. Like. They, they do visit the UN, to speak, at the GA, but I didn't meet any world leaders. I had the honor of meeting uh, Syed Akbaruddin. He represents India at the United Nations. Hmm. I met him that when I was, I, when I was like, given a platform to sing the national anthems at the UN, I met a lot of um, visitors from around the world. Hmm. And it was mainly the UN staff who came to me because they were so excited that there's a boy who could sing 260 national anthems in the building. Come on, let's go meet him. So, mm-hmm. and it it wasn't many American. Um, uh, it would ma- it wasn't many American people who were staff at the UN. It was people from all many different countries. So you had people from uh, India, you had Japan, Kenya. I mean, so it's all over the world. Yeah. yeah. 
and I was able to sing the national anthems to the visitors who came at the event. So I used to go up to someone, a random person, I didn't know which, where they were from or anything like that. So I just went up to them, asked them which country they're from. And which is that, sing the national anthem. Yeah. That's and I cool. Told them, like, a few of them were sitting, so I, I told them, you might you want to stand for this. And they were puzzled, like, what's he going to do? Is he, is he, if he, is he, he going to sing something or what? So I sang the national anthem of their country and in the end they were really happy because uh, they were hearing the national anthem in another country wow that's cool and like after this like after such uh what do you call after getting into um being an anthemologist and now what do you call um, lake revival. revival so what are your future plans uh, i mean right now you are also in eighth grade yeah. so what are you, like what are your future plans I want to go on, uh, I want to keep on reviving lakes mm. and, you know, be associated with the United Nations and also, like, also try and make the best use of my hobby. Mm. So, I'm into plane spotting. Wow, so, okay. Um, I usually, like, a plane spotter usually takes pictures and videos of oh, planes, planes yeah. taking off. So, I want to do both i mean i also have to handle studies at the same time because i mean igcse is a bit tough because mm. i hear all my friends say that igcse is so easy you get use calculators in your exam this that and but the thing is it's actually really hard and uh, balancing lake revival and balancing um studies slightly hard so it's a major challenge for you right now it's a major challenge uh, challenge for you to balance studies, no, I mean, lake revival. Since the lake revival is over, uh, I can concentrate on studies. And the other thing we have to do, uh, me and my team have to work on, is presenting, I mean, working on the presentation to present at the UN. Okay, so that's, uh, that's cool. And you're 13 years old, right? And also my uh, the audience of this show are going to be uh, people mainly young people because a lot of my friends are going to watch a lot of uh, they're going to be young they're going to be in the 20s they're going to some are going to be maximum 30s yeah so th- that's my audience like it's very young what message do you have for these audience i just want to tell them that uh, i mean just keep on going with your passion and do what you like and never give up on your dreams because once you give up there's no going back on your dreams and uh, usually, um, if I want to give up, I think twice. Because if I'm going to give up, there's going to be this this consequences. If I don't give up, there's going to be this and this benefits. So, don't give up on your dreams. So, that's a nice strategy to actually, like, not giving up. Yeah. So, mm. um, don't give up on your dreams. And um, always focus on what you want to do. So, I guess uh, we come to an end for this uh, uh, Impact Act episode. Thank you so much, Atat, for being on the show. Like, it's it's very, I mean, it's very interesting to see a 13-year-old doing such a huge impact all around the world. And I hope you really uh, achieve a lot of success in it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for us. Sun to liya. Ab suna bhi do. Create your own audio show on Early App now.